Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Destiny. Now here's your host, Cliff Dunning. We've been talking about consciousness off and on now for many months. If not part of a therapeutic practice, it is working with levels of consciousness or working with other consciousness entities or beings and and interacting with them. This week, we're talking about Mastering Your 5D Self. This is the title of a book put out by Maureen J. St. Germain. And it's been bantered around now for a few years, uh, shifting into the fifth dimension, working with consciousness levels on the fifth dimension. And I wanted to learn more about this simply because it's like, well, wait a minute, you got, we're in the third dimension right now. What's going on with the fourth dimension? And then what's the fifth dimension? So today we're going to hear just how people are working with the fifth dimension, what it means, and how you can begin to look at it from a level of consciousness and what it means for our evolution. We're all about evolving here on Destiny. So Maureen presents a great deal about the fifth dimension and offers tools as she calls it, tools to create a new reality. Now, I'm not really sure about this. I mean, in this interview (laughs) you'll hear today, I'm actually questioning her a number of times as to how to activate this level of consciousness. I've been meditating for over 30 years. Many of you have been meditating too. Meditation can also be a form of prayer. Praying, uh, accessing higher levels of consciousness, asking for guidance, Asking for clarity on questions is a form of meditation. And today we're going to hear about what the fifth dimension means, why it is a a new point of activation, and why so many people are incorporating it into their daily spiritual practice. And uh, given our current situation here in the United States, the stresses we're, we're dealing with, the uh, economic and personal issues, social issues, 
any time we can get a chance to to sit quietly and connect with higher wisdom is a chance for clarity, is a chance for uh, opening ourselves to uh, greater levels of awareness and healing. And that's the big part of meditation for me is healing. So uh, this is the program today. And I think you're going to find it quite unique. It's going to answer some questions, but like I mentioned before, it leaves a lot of questions as well. And perhaps it's for those who are more psychically attuned. (laughs) That's how I kind of felt when I was finished with this interview is that I was like kind of going, okay, well, maybe this is for people on a different evolutionary path. So anyhow, I think you're going to enjoy it. Uh, Before we present this interview, I wanted to present a uh, short talk I had with one of our uh, tour members, our Egypt tour members, who I was uh, fascinated to meet. Her name is Elizabeth Karen Metcalf. She has a YouTube page called Dreams of Atlantis, uh, which now I guess she morphed it into, it's called Prior World. And I had a chance to speak with uh, Lizzie Uh, about her insight into her lifetimes in Atlantis. Now, I talk to a lot of people who say they have dreams, who have intuitions about lifetimes in Atlantis, but Lizzie has had these not only visions, but full-on picturesque memories of her time in a place uh, that we consider Atlantis. She has a different name for it, but uh, I recorded a short interview with her after we had spent the day in Aswan. We were on our cruise ship on the Nile, and I was curious to know exactly her perception. So here's a short 10-minute uh, uh, interview with her. And this is, again, somebody who has profound visions uh, to the point where she has, like I said, comp- uh, opened up a complete page on YouTube where she provides very, very detailed uh, references to memories that she had of Atlantis. Have a quick listen. So we're here on the Grand Egyptian Tour 3 with Elizabeth Karen Metcalf. Thank you. Lizzie Karen. Okay. Um, And I discovered that Lizzie has amazing recall not only of her dreams but it appears that she has a really direct experience with a place that we know as Atlantis but she has actually come up with some more information so hey Lizzie thanks for joining me oh it's a pleasure uh, first of all I should say that it wasn't called Atlantis at all okay uh, it was called Tantal but because the aspects of Tantal were so similar to what I understand to be Atlantis, um, I just assumed that it was the same place. Isn't there an American saying, if it walks like a duck and smells like a duck, it's a duck? Yeah. Um, The name Tantal, where does that derive from? Is that who they they told you in your dream or were you, what was your role in the most notable lifetime in Atlantis? Okay, so the name... I think it meant something significant because the place Tantel was specifically found for my people. We were living in, in, I think it was South America, and it was 
not very pleasant because there was a group of, of um, other humans that would attack the village regularly. And so we had, uh, we had to move to find somewhere else to, to develop our civilization because our technology was developing very quickly. And so it was decided that this place would be great and it was specifically built from scratch for the purpose of my people. So uh, in, observa- in observing this Tintal, uh, the way you're describing it, it doesn't sound like it's the high technology. It sounds like the, one of the middle phases or maybe an early phase of Atlantis. Would you suggest that? Yes, I would agree. In fact, I'd say that the technology was very simple, but it wasn't technology that we have. So the technology from the start of, of Tantal, the main components would be the fact that life expectancy was uh, extended significantly. So people were not expected to die of old age. They, if they died, it was of a terrible accident. Mm-hmm. And we had vibrational technology. Initially, that was just for what I guess you'd call levitation, but we had a word that more aptly described it as lighter than air. But, uh, you know, once again, it's a, just a different way of looking at things. Mm-hmm. Um, can you describe the outfits, the clothing at this time, and at the same time what the weather conditions were like because if you're in south america we think of south america today as being higher temperatures that's a really really big question because my dream regressions span over thirty thousand years and during that time yes i know very long lifespans yeah during that time i saw a lot of changes in the weather massive changes i saw changes in the sea levels so to give you a description of the weather is kind of everything and it's all depends on exactly the time frame that we would be asking for and exactly where the location would be but the interesting thing is that Tantal, the main part of Tantal was one place but there were 12 universities but they were split over 10 locations and Tantal was just one of those locations and the other nine were all around the world wow okay um Oh, Let's, you asked about fashion, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Once again, a large, large span of time. But at the start of Tantel, when we first got the, the vibrational technology to allow us to levitate, um, we all wore beautiful cloaks because we would just use the very gentle technology, rise up into the air, and then we would just slowly switch off the ability to be lighter than air and we would glide to the location that we wanted to go using the beautiful cloaks Hmm. Um, let's start from the beginning on your receiving this information when did you start getting real vivid uh, images of this place as far back as I can remember and I would talk to my parents about it and I would give them descriptions and they'd call it my special dreams or they'd make it sort of a nice sounding way of it was my imagination. So your parents are the ones you're trying to get reassurance from and they're kind of going, this is a dream world, Lizzie. Exactly. And this world that we live in is so totally different to my so-called dream world that I would always be saying to my parents, no, it it shouldn't be like that. No, it shouldn't be like that, Mum. And 
my parents were very frustrated with me and they would say things like, we think that your dream world is lovely, my darling, but don't go telling anybody else. <laughs> okay, so that's... Uh you had to kind of keep it to yourself for uh, well, I guess did the, did the dreams stay the same vividness as a child that they they are now or oh yes and I have some dreams over and over and not all my dreams are exciting you know dynamic adventure kind of dreams although I, I do have some nice dreams uh, some of them are actually quite boring and repetitive like I have one which is a really lovely dream about growing tomatoes <laughs> oh my god <laughs> That's fascinating. Um, talk a little bit about the technology uh, that, I mean, you gave us a little hint about uh, your age. 30,000 years was the average lifespan. Is that what you Oh, there saying? was no average lifespan. There was no limit to the lifespan. It, the problem was that you were still vulnerable to things like drowning or, in my case, I was hit from behind by a cart traveling at speed. And so did you in yeah, for that lifetime? Instant. Yeah. Um, so, would you say these are genetic uh, enhancements, or that it's just life lifestyles or lifetimes are just long without the intervention of technology? Oh, there was lots of intervention. Oh, there was. Oh, yeah, okay. there was. The whole reason that the culture that I lived in took off was there was one person born who was a genius of the kind of genius level that you might describe Tesla. And they were the ones that came up with the levitation and the longevity drug and many other things. And without that person, we would have just been a normal human group that were, you know, at the same time frame, I would think. So this one individual was a super genius that not only invented... Uh, comfort technology, but also enhancement and what? Uh, travel technology? What type of technology? Yep, we had the travel technology. So the personal travel was easy with the cloak and the just going up and getting to where you wanted to go to. But we built these towers for the, the more distant travel. And there were beautiful machines, really beautiful machines for traveling in the air and machines that looked like fish for traveling in the water. This does sound more like Atlantis because I've heard that uh, there were these towers that sent energy into the atmosphere and that they were able to design flying ships within our own, within the Earth's own atmosphere. Flying ships, surface craft with wheels, and then underwater craft. What specifics in terms of uh, propelled craft do you remember? All the craft the technology around every single piece of equipment was vibrational technology and um, that came to the cutting equipment the flying equipment absolutely everything was based on that initial discovery around vibration and the underwater craft um, it operated the same way as the flying craft except you know we were completely sealed and it sort of submarine like but a lot more comfortable wow all right. Hey, it's been great speaking with you. Give people your uh, YouTube channel uh, and details about that. What's unique about your channel? And what's the name, by the way? Okay. Well, um, on the channel, um, I've called the channel Prior World. 
but I originally called it Dreams of Atlantis. Yeah. But, you know, I was new to the whole YouTube thing and Dreams of Atlantis, I got a bit of criticism about it. And, of course, being paranoid about, you know, trying to make it as appropriate as possible, I changed the name to Prior World. But having spoken to Cliff, I'm now wondering if I should change it back again to Dreams of Atlantis. So if you're looking to check out my channel, you'd look up Lizzie Karen, so one word. Lizzie Karen. Prior World. Okay. Yeah, I, I like uh, Dreams of Atlantis just because it just flows, you know, and that's the original name. So the first thought is always the best. Lizzie, thank you. Oh, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Cliff. Now, obviously, she has amazing recall and clarity on a lot of the topics. And she was very vocal on much of the tour about referencing the temples that we were at. I think the Great Pyramid, the Khufu Pyramid. Uh, she was really a pleasure. And uh, Lizzie, if you're listening, I think you need to turn the uh, uh, the YouTube page back to Dreams of Atlantis. I think I mentioned that <laughs> a number of times. Prior Worlds, although it's cute, it's not as strong as Dreams of Atlantis. And those of you listening, I su really suggest that you check this out as well. If you've wanted to get an Edgar Casey level of clarity about Atlantis, I think some of uh, the material presented by uh, Lizzie Karen might help. You know, might help. It might trigger uh, more information that you've been wanting them to know about. It might uh, open new avenues. So much about this uh, major continent comes out in, in trickles and comes out in bits and pieces. I think Lizzie actually provides an access point for more details, you know, and perhaps uh, we can get a book out, out of her. I actually suggested that she convert her many, 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 many journals. She showed me a picture of them. It's like a, a stack, a huge stack of journals that she's been compiling for many years. I suggested that she uh, create a book. So Lizzie, if you're listening, I, that's my suggestion. So anyhow, fascinating people on these tours. And uh, uh, Lizzie was just one of many of the wonderful people that we had on our Egypt tour uh, the Grand Egyptian Tour 3. So, lots of fun. All right, on to our uh, interview with Maureen J. St. Germain, Mastering Your 5D Self. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
people have been bantering the term 5D now for the last couple of years, and I've been very curious about it. I've had people send me uh, information on various seminars and various what they call activation groups. And I'm like, what the heck is 5D all about? And I thought we'd invite Maureen St. Germain back with us. Uh, she was, uh, uh, we had her a, a few months ago talking about the Akashi Records. If you don't know who Maureen is, she is the founder of the Ascension Institute Mystery School near Sedona, Arizona. She has written and teaches the Akashic Record material. And she's written a, a bunch of different books, uh, Wake Up to 5D and Opening the Akashic Records. She's coming to us today from Sedona. And hey, Maureen, it's great to have you. And how are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pretty good. You know, it's are an you? amazing time. And we're seeing such, you know, splitting of people and their beliefs and their systems. And waking up is what it's all about. Well, hey, I got to ask you flat out. This is something that you have been working with for a while. This is the second book on this 5D why are we skipping 4D? <laughs> we I got love three, this question. We got 3D, which is where we're at right now. 4D, we're skipping into, is this some kind of, uh, the, the great masters are saying, you know what? You don't need 4D, you need 5D. So talk a little bit about what this means. Okay, so I spent a lot of time um, meditating on this and asking my guides, you know, what the heck, what's going on here? And bottom line is 3D is the reality we are in now. Excuse me, and 4D is a portal. So it's Grand Central, it's an airport, and it's the place you go to to get where you want to go. So from 4D, you go into 5D, which is the the place that we want to hang out at. And it's very interesting because 4D is a place you go, you end up when you're really worked up about something, you're really emotional, super sad, super happy. And the high emotion just launches you right into 5D if it's super happy. And if it's not super happy, then it launches you into the astral plane and you are going to create what you are unhappy about. Okay. So <clears throat> somewhere on some plane of reality, somebody is 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 uh, setting up these portals. You're saying that 4D is the transition or the trans uh, transportation port. And then we we land into 5D. Now, uh, okay, so 4D is the portal. Who's setting all this up? Is this the? Are these? You know, the, I think we are. I think we. I think we orchestrated it. You know, eons ago when we created this reality, and it was uh, set up in a way that would allow us to evolve quickly and easily. Um, a lot of people don't realize that. You know, we're in a free will zone and that free will zone means that everything we do, we have to choose. And when we think that the world is acting on us, we're playing victim. And when we decide, you know, I must be creating this at some level, even if you don't think you would have chosen that thing, then you're waking up to the fact that you are a co-creator. So who who is is kind of a linear thought and it's more like, all of us have created this. All of us are from source and we are part of a greater system that is evolving the God spark that's in us into ascended masters. And that's never been done on this earth before. You know, it's funny because I've been listening to Seth speaks the audible version of it. I, the book is 
too much to read. I just can't sit down long enough to read. And and Seth keeps talking about creating our own reality, creating these these different realities from a soul's point of view. And our soul, we don't. Many of us are just so unaware of our soul as maybe we connect with our various aspects when we're asleep or when we're altered states of consciousness. But this is a very we're very powerful in what we can create. We just are not aware of it, are we? That that's very true. And what's so amazing is now that we can slide into five D pretty easily through the magnanimous dimension. When we're in five D we are able to manifest very quickly. So let me back up because I've thrown a lot of terms at you. The magnanimous dimension is a new, I'll call it window of opportunity that the masters have created so that they can hold open all three, third, fourth, and fifth, and you can move very quickly through them and land in fifth. And when you call in, I'm asking for a magnanimous dimension, then the magnanimous uh, magnanimity of the dimension itself allows you to it's kind of like the greased wheels it's easier to be your best self and secondly um we don't go into 5d and stay there like getting a driver's license now you can drive it's more of a sine wave and so it's more like okay i've got my license now i need to get a car and you borrow a car from one person and they have to have it back and that's when you slide back down i so, love that analogy thank you, thank you. uh you say in your book that we are uh, uh, in crises, our humanity is in crises. And I mean, this can be health, income, relationships. Uh, so this, this f- uh, 5D, what does it look like? Is it, um, are we vibrating when we pass into f- fifth dimension? Are we vibrating faster? Uh, obviously, many of us are ready for this. But a lot of people may not be ready for 5D. Uh, well, uh, I, I, if you're not ready, you won't land there. <laughs> um, how should I put it? 5D is a vibrational data set that is different than here. And we could say it's higher or faster, but that doesn't make it better. Just like red vibrates faster than blue, it doesn't make red better than blue. It simply means that the vibrational data set is different. So you want to look at it in neutral terms and say 3D is the playground that we used to create good and evil and experience that. And as one of my guides said when I did a channel message in Hong Kong in 2018, the game is over. The game will end when there are no more players. Will you be the first to leave or the last? And I love that. Uh, It was part of a much bigger message, but I love that because it's so succinct. It basically says opt out of being third dimensional and how do you get out of being third dimensional? And the number one thing you need to do is to make a decision to stop judging and then to ask your angels and guides, even if you don't think you have any, everyone does ask your angels and guides. Okay. Tell me when I am not speaking the truth, tell me when I'm starting to slide back into judgment. And practically everybody has judgments on themselves or on the other guy or a little bit of both. And so, you know, we're constantly looking at, well, they could have done that better. That clerk was really obnoxious. Um, You know, 
Why does that person wear those clothes? I mean, it could be simple stuff, but we have to look at everything with wonder and awe. And when we look at everything with wonder and awe, the judgment's gone. But it's a decision. And so if you ask for help from your unseen helpers, they will let you know. Okay. I'm I'm uh, I'm looking at 3D right now. I've been meditating for 30 years. I meditate twice a day. I did when I was 18, transcendental meditation, just because I was miserable and I didn't like what was going on and I wasn't into drugs at all. So a lot of people were taking LSD and peyote and stuff like that. When I meditate, I connect with a specific realm. Sometimes there's people in there. Sometimes there's entities. Sometimes there's soul level. When I'm meditating and I want to look into the fifth dimension, what am I What's the process? What am I trying to access? What does 5D look like, Maureen? Okay, so I think it's very interesting when you're meditating that you're going to these very wonderful places. But fifth dimension is a tangible experience in everyday life. And it could be simple as holding a baby. It could be as simple as falling in love. Most people, when they fall in love, and that yummy place before the first argument, before the first, <laughs> you know, pull apart is 5D. That's 5D energy. So that's what 5D looks like. It's a place of exquisite compassion for everyone, including me. And so it isn't so much a place you would go in meditation, although you could elevate yourself to that place. And then you could communicate with the ascended masters. You know, if you ask for it by name, I'm sure you're going to have that experience. Um, you know that I, I don't know. You don't still do TM, do you? I do. Uh, I do some of the fundamentals, but I also transition a little bit. And so work you're with still other. doing. You're still doing the mantra you were given. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, I'm. I'm not. I'm not uh, inclined towards that. Because I think there's some kind of energy pull that's when you do the, the the mantra that they gave you, it kind of like it's like working with a banker. They get a percentage of everything you get. Huh. I use it because it takes me down to this altered state. That's what the sound is. And when I'm in that state, then I have access to great uh, relief from stress. I actually call it my resetting. Because I do it in what? the evening. Okay, and I, so, and I reset. so so may I suggest that you try going to the highest place you can energetically with clear intention with a different mantra, mm-hmm. not the one you were given, but something that is publicly known, and see what happens. Okay, so find another mantra is what you're suggesting. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, okay. I'm I'm disinclined. I think there's I think there's stuff going on, and I think that that master who created TM um, is still getting a benefit. So you think Maharishi Meshyogi, who brought it from India to the United States, is getting some kind of a hit every time somebody meditates? I do. That's interesting. Well, hey, tell me about what you see through your eyes, the fifth dimension, this 5D. When you are in this state, or are, are you in it right now? Talking I think to I'm in it right now. Okay. We're good buds. We're in a good place. 
the sun is shining, you know, everything's working. So what are you perceiving? Are you perceiving higher octaves and you're having like full access to your guides and, and masters so that your brain is linked to their mind and you are one universal mind? Come on, spit it out. Okay. Well, first of all, it's a very linear description and 5D is not linear. It's more like a starburst. Okay. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is I'm tapping into your audience. I'm tapping into the masters and I am self-aware and I'm tapping into what's going on with you, not to read you, but to uh, compliment you, whatever you're saying, I'm going to find that thing. And I'm not consciously processing it as a thought pattern as much as I am being in a place of such contentment and bliss that the next thing that I'm going to say isn't in my head until I need to say it. Huh. It sounds altered. It sounds a bit altered. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, from my heavy perception <laughs> as a third D entity here, right here. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to get a sense of what you are feeling. What is Maureen feeling in this state? If you're locked into 5D, if it's your, if it's permeate, permeating your, your being, what, the how do you, yeah, the overriding experience is that everything is funny. Funny? Yeah. Well, then I'm in it already because I laugh at everything. So, okay. So then you're in it. <laughs> I'm joking with you. Yeah. I mean, but it's true. <laughs> I mean, you get a flat tire and you, you call your appointment that you're going to miss and you say, I mean, I'm really sorry. I got a flat tire. I got to wait for the AAA, blah, blah, blah. And you get off and then you start to relax and start having fun and making jokes with the people you're with because you can't do anything else. That's still 5D. If, on the other hand, you start fretting, you call your secretary, I can't believe I have a flat tire. Now I'm going to miss this important woman. I may never get that book deal. You know, see what I'm saying? That yeah. there's, the, there's a place of unhooking and allowing. And it doesn't mean in 5D, it doesn't mean everything is going to be perfect. What it means is everything can be turned into a lovely experience, whether it's something that you need to fix or something that you get to enjoy. And the second thing in 5D is you have gratitude almost all the time. You go outside and you see a beautiful tree and you, you say out loud or you think to yourself, wow, that tree is amazing. Or you notice every little bit about nature, the flowers, the bunny rabbit that runs in front of you on your path, the, the yummy uh, smells that come from the flowers. And, and so, and then in the wintertime, you notice how beautiful the snow looks. I mean, I could go on and on, but what happens is your appreciation for life elevates big time. Hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so give us the path to 5D. How do we prepare for this? Uh, I'm just going to say it, it's an initiation of some kind, even though what the way you're saying it, it's like, no, no, you don't have to really work at it too hard. It sounds like it's somewhere you kind of like you're meditating and you flip a switch. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of funny that you, you put it that way. I think we slide into 5D a lot more than we realize because it is a sine wave. So we go into 5D and then we slide back out. We go into 5D and we slide back out because we can't maintain it. We're still doing our patterns, our habits, our stuff. And, and little by little, we become less reactionary. And it's the reactionary energy of dissatisfaction, of unhappiness. So, so what, th there's a couple of tools that I use are, that are pretty simple. And the first one is 
aside from deciding, and it is a decision to stop judging yourself and others, then you decide that um, you're ready to accept help from your unseen helpers and you ask them to help you. And then finally, of course, you respond when they, when you feel that tug, oh, that's not what happened, or you're exaggerating your pain and suffering, you know, that kind of stuff. And then, then go beyond that and do a simple prayer. I am waking up in 5D when you go to bed. And when you wake up, I'm asking for a day of heaven on earth for me and everyone I come in contact with, everyone I'm in contract with. And I do that every day. And it's so amazing because this whole business of asking for a day of heaven on earth, I discovered by accident. A lot of people are doing it now, but I know I was the first one. And it was back in the 90s. And I was flying practically every weekend to another city to teach. And I was on the West Coast and I extended my stay so I could have a a family visit with someone. But then that meant I was flying home on Thursday and then getting on a plane Thursday afternoon and flying to the East Coast. Oh, God. And I took that I took that. uh, schedule because of my agenda to see some family members. Okay. So I'm getting off the plane. And I, at that time I was teaching a lot about when you're having a bad day and I had a way of teaching it by saying, if you're having the day from blank and we won't name it because I don't want to bring that energy in, but it begins with an H you're having that day, then do this. Okay. So that was kind of in the background, but I never used that word as a way to describe things. Although some people still do. And I ran into a woman. It was a small airport, the Madison, Wisconsin airport. And the same person who checks me in on my outbound flights was baggage handling that day. So she looks up while she's moving bags on the um, walkway to get to inside the building. And she sees me and she says, oh, hi, Maureen, how are you doing? And without thinking, I said, oh, this is my day from H. Uh, <laughs> because I have to be on the East Coast. I have to be back here in three hours to catch a plane in, uh, to the East Coast. And she looked at me kind of funny. And I thought, I can't believe that came out of my mouth. And so I wanted to correct right away. And I said, well, actually, <laughs> this is my day of heaven on earth because I'm flying with United. Okay. So I get home and there's a flood in my basement. There is a pipe that has broken uh, through somehow and it's like leaking water and it's overflowed where the washing machine is onto the floor of the, of the um, basement. When I walk in the house, I can hear water running. I had a roommate that was renting a room from me and she never said a word to me. Never sent me a text saying, uh, there's a problem. I don't know what's going on, but I can hear water running. You know, as so I'm looking around going, what the heck? So I find the problem on the in the basement, but I don't know where it's calling from. I turn the water off. I call my next door neighbor, who is Mr. Fix-It. And um, I also called the plumber. So he comes over and he says, oh, yeah, all the pipes in this area were inferior. And practically every one of us have had to replace all the pipes in the house. Oh, God. And I said, okay. And he said, um, I'll come back when the plumber comes and watch the plumber. Now, it never occurred to me that if you hired a plumber, you had to watch him. (laughs) So he came back when the plumber came. And the plumber came when he said he would in one hour. Plumber says, where do I drill? Where do you want me to go? He wants to start on the upstairs bathroom. And I'm thinking, I'm asking my higher self. 
And my higher self says lower bathroom and shows me the spot. And I, I get the spot and I can see that the leak is a little bit further over, but I know he has to have a way to work into it. So I give him the new spot. <clears throat> he cuts in. He can see the problem. He fixes it. My bill was only $125. My neighbor and I set up fans. He said to me, um, I'll come back over, you know, the whole time you're gone and check on it, make sure the walls are drying out. I wouldn't have thought to do that. Yeah. And um, I went to the bank and the post office, dropped off a bunch of postcards that I had ready to go, but I had needed to wait to, that was back in the day when we were still mailing postcards to people. Okay. So on the way home from the bank, I say to myself, you know, I only needed an extra hour. And I had already called the airline and said, can I fly tomorrow? I've got this drama going on. And they said, no, but we can put you on the later flight today. Um, And we won't charge you the change fee since you're having so much drama there, which was amazing because, again, (laughs) that was way back then when they were really strict. Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm thinking, okay, I only need an extra hour. This is pretty cool. I get home and the phone's ringing. I walk in. I answer the phone and it's a real person from um, United Airlines. And they say our feeder flight into Chicago is an hour late on both of our outbound flights today. Is there any way you can take the earlier flight? Because if you don't, you'll miss your connections to the East Coast. Wow. So I said, yeah, my bag is already in the suit in the car. My uh, I'm only 15 minutes from the airport. This can be done. So I'm sitting on a plane and I'm thinking to myself, that was amazing. How did that happen? And my guides came in and said, well, you asked for a day of heaven on earth. I went, whoa, next time I have a chocolate block day, I'm asking for a day of heaven on earth. That's pretty trippy. That's pretty trippy. And then I figured out I didn't have to wait till I had a chocolate block day. And I ask every day. And so can you. So are you saying that this interaction, this day of uh, insanity turned out (laughs) positive because you were already in a state of 5D? It came out positive because I named it. You named I said, I am having, because I'm having a day of heaven on earth because I'm flying with United. But uh, we want to talk about metaphysics here for a second, and we want to get more clarity. And what I'm asking is, is this a form of evolution, this 5D, so that you can, you can have a difficult day, but in the midst of the difficulty, you are planning asking for the best results, asking for a great outcome so that you have end up having a really good day. Uh, my premise is don't wait till all H breaks out. <laughs> Instead, ask Just say it. hell, will you please? <laughs> it's so funny. Um, when I start out by asking for it or claiming it, I am having a day of heaven on earth for me. And yeah. everyone I'm in contact with and everyone I'm in contact with, it raises my vibe to a state that it overflows on everyone else around me. So it doesn't matter what's happening in the material world because it turns out well, as you have named. But I don't wait. To, I mean, if, if I were to forget, which I'm sure it happens plenty of times, but if I forget to ask, um, let's say I'm out of my pattern, I'm, I'm, you know, rushing to do something and I didn't do my morning ritual or something like that. 
if something starts to happen, I'm on it. I'm calling in angels right away. But I think that's that's like I want to be proactive. I don't want to be reactive. You know, when I was in the corporate world, we had this concept of proactive actions and reactive reactions, you know, and proactive means you have plenty of umbrellas at your building so that if something as a rainstorm starts and you need to go to the next building, somebody can go there without without stressing. They can just grab one of the company umbrellas, go to their meeting and come back like that. Mm. So proactive is very, very um, powerful way to put yourself in 5D effortlessly. We're going to take a short commercial break with my uh, guest today, Maureen J. St. Germain, and we'll be right back. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My guest today is Maureen J. St. Germain, and she has written a book called Mastering Your 5D South Tools to Create a New Reality. We're drilling down into exactly what 5D reality means, its effect, and how to utilize it. I, I'm, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this 5D. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, you know, it's purposefully easy. Okay, so, so one of the things I say to newbies that have no experience with meditation or anything, I'll say, you know what? 5D is the same place that everybody else calls heaven. Hmm. We're still having experiences, but they all work out. We're still having interactions with people, but they all work out. And it doesn't mean you're, the other guy is going to do everything you want them to do. It means that you're going to be at peace no matter what they do or what BS they throw out. Okay. You know, and I've had, I've had, a, I had a funny situation um, when this, the set, the setup, how are we doing? Okay. The setup um, is that I was at a family reunion that my stepbrother had set up in the bed and breakfast that he owned and operated in California. Beautiful place. He closed the place down and invited his father for his 70th birthday and his mother-in-law for her 70th birthday. And then all the, you know, all the entourage that went with that. And so unfortunately my younger sister had been killed in a car crash six weeks earlier and she lived in Paris and we all were devastated. She was like the family darling. Mm -hmm. And um, I know that my family would not have gotten back together for a big party that soon after Kathy's passing. But because we had promised a year ago that we would do this event, we all showed up. So I'm in the living room and my stepbrother um, introduces me to some people. 
And then he he says who these people are. And then he says, this is Jerry's daughter, Maureen. And then he looks at me and says, I guess that makes you my stepsister. Because we had never had any kind of gathering with these people, even though we had met them here and there. Okay. So I smile and I say, yeah, that's great. And I proceed to talk to these people. Then he leaves and his sister comes in. So I do the same thing in reverse. And at the end, I say, and this is my stepsister. I'll say Joy. And um, she went crazy. She said, we're too old to be stepsisters. Um, You know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, on this rant. And I'm like, whoa. But I'm not judging it. And instead, when she got all done, I looked at her and I said, you know, I just lost a sister and I'm so happy to have another one. Oh, I hope that softened her up a little bit. I think it did. She was pretty obnoxious throughout the whole thing. But (laughs) at every chance she got to do something, I responded in a very mellow way because I was in bliss to be able to be with my family that soon. I had done my work, but I doubted that anyone else had because I'm proactive. So when when this event of my sister's uh, death, when I got back from Paris and the funeral, I canceled, postponed all my classes for like four weeks so that I could grieve. And I, you know, I created a a whole ceremony that I did on myself first and then put it out there for everyone else. It's called um, Unify. And basically, when you have a shock of any kind, you break off pieces of yourself, kind of like my shirt. You know, you got all these little pieces floating around who knows where, you know, some left in the subway station, some are left in the airport, whatever. And what you do is you at at night before you go to bed, you ask your higher self to go out and collect all your lost parts. And then in the morning, you take um, and do a ceremony where you first wash them and then you integrate them in. And I created a whole program for that. I have an essential oil blend for it and, a, you know, a downloadable medita- series of meditations. It's like three meditations in it so that you can, you know, do soul retrieval. And it worked. So, um, you know, I, I did my work. I had one of the members of my group. I was in Hawaii when this tragedy happened. And my mother happened to live in Hawaii. So I was able to accompany her um, to France. And there were so many auspicious things that happened. I had two young people who wanted to take the class and they uh, couldn't afford it. And so I said, okay, here's what you can do. If you want to work as my assistants for the class, then I will uh, let you come in and you'll just be here as unpaid assistants, like volunteers. So they took that and then they, um, they did such a phenomenal job. They were so loving and so special that I said to them, you know, as a thank you, I'm going to give you the privilege of doing the closing ceremony. And I said, here's my outline. Here's what we do. And you guys do fill it in however you want. <laughs> and the guy, the, the man of this um, female and male team knew, he said he knew when I told him that, that something was going to happen. And when I got the news on Saturday, I skipped the, the, the dolphin swim and my assistants took over. And then on Sunday, even though I did Sunday morning with them, they ran the program because I would not have been in a very good state to do that. Yeah, you probably were dealing emotionally with that mm-hmm. loss. So 
Wow. In your book, you talk a lot about uh, the activation. You talk about clearing. Uh, what is it and what, why is it important to clear? Um, because there are many, you know, if you've seen the old movie Ghost, there's a scene where um, Patrick Talk about Swayze, Demi, Demi Moore and uh, Patrick Swayze yeah. Yeah. moves into um, Whoopi Goldberg and she's thinking, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah she's channeling. Yeah. So, so um, when a ghost moves into you, you might not know it and it might fill you mm-hmm. with certain thoughts that you don't recognize. And the rules are very clear at this time. They weren't always this way. We did allow cohabitation on this planet at one time. But right now, it's one body, one soul. So if another soul moves into you, they have not returned home to God like they're supposed to. And when you die, you lose your physical body. That's pretty obvious. But you also lose your mental body and your emotional body. But you still have your desire body. And that desire, if you have a desire to seek revenge or to watch over someone like in the movie Ghost, or if you have a desire to, um, or you don't know your dad, you might move into someone and not know what was going on and think, trying to think that you're actually in that reality. So um, those beings have to go home. They have to go home to source. And what you do is you clear by calling in beings of light to escort them to a place of evolution or dissolution, wherever it's best for them. I, you know, I can't imagine that anybody goes into dissolution unless they're really dark. So most yeah. all the beings are going into a place of evolution. And that place of evolution could be, you know, there's a lot of stories about um, being in school after death or being in a place where you're um, working in a heavenly spot where you're helping people get settled in. I mean, it could be anything or a hospital if you need really big recovery. Um, there's lots of stories about, you know, what happens in the afterlife from people who are channeling that stuff. And I have a few, but the important thing to understand is if the being that moves into you had an agenda, they were angry at God or they were angry at some person, they will seek an opportunity to express that. And they can Mm -hmm. express it through you because they've moved into you. And so, but they're never fully in you because that would help. That would they wouldn't be able to recognize themselves. So they're always hanging out. So the clearing work is a simple one. And there are deeper kinds of attachments from past life, from programming from past lives that are being projected to the present and, you know, crazy stuff like that. And so I have a little book called Reweaving the Fabric of Your Reality that goes into the subject much deeper, but it's written in pretty simple terms so people can understand and the reason you need to clear is the same reason you wash your hands every day, multiple times, because, you know, dirt happens. I will never forget a conversation I had with my husband, my first husband, when we were first married. And he says to me, I have to change the oil in the car. <laughs> and I said, why do you have to change the oil in the car? And he said, well, because it's dirty. And I said, but why is it dirty? And he said, because it gets dirt in it. And I said, but isn't it a closed system? He says, yeah, but road dirt gets in it. He had to go through all those steps because even though I grew up on the farm, I never saw anybody changing any oil. I worked with equipment, but I never saw that piece. Uh, So I didn't comprehend that that was maintenance. mm -hmm. And that's what, that's what clearing is. It's maintenance. There's stuff on the earth. We're clearing it. So you're clearing ghosts, you're clearing entities, you're clearing 
people or entities or, or, or beings that are doing mind melds and things like that. So mm-hmm. that you're cleared of all that, that, uh, right. And then excess. your, then your connection to source is very authentic. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, would you say that allows for uh, <laughs> an easier connection to the f- fifth dimension? Uh, you're able to. Absolutely. You know, we require clearing work in um, the Akashic Records coursework because we find that if people aren't clear, then that interferes with their connection as they go into the Akashic Records. Right. So that's really important. Uh, talk a little bit about ascension. You do, you do bring that up in the book, and that's huge. Uh, I would say that the fifth dimension is an ascension, uh, and you may not even know that you're ascending, but it's a it's a higher rate of vibration, and I guess that would be uh, a complement to your physical physicality and the other sides. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes, because what happens as you become fifth dimensional, you become your luminous self, and that vibe improves everything in your body. And when you're proactive, you're working it in every direction. So it's really amped up. So the fifth dimensional energy is so sweet and loving because you don't have fear. When you're fifth dimensional, you feel the sense of being in the right place at the right time, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing. So the strong sense of Love is with you so much so that there's plenty to give to anybody who comes along. Mm. It, you know, you've, you it, we call it the hammock effect in the Akashic Records. And it's this feeling that comes over you when you get in the records that makes you feel you're embraced and held in loving arms. And it's a little bit like that. And so you don't have any need to get angry. You don't have any need to get upset. And you're good. You're really good. Hmm. Talk a little bit about the attributes of being a fifth dimensional being. What are the attributes? In other words, as a third dimension, I have my intuition. If I'm sensitive, uh, my meditative practice working with guys and, and I mean, I don't work with them to the level that you do. Uh, <clears throat> but what are some of the attributes that, that people gain when they are are shifting into that next level. Okay. I was looking to grab my book. <laughs> I, I did the same think. thing. <laughs> it's, in, it's in the um, dedication um, somewhere, the magnanimous dimension. And oh, magnanimous. You use that word. Yeah, you have a chapter. Yeah. So it's it's a idea the magnanimous dimension is an idea that in 5d you're still cohabitating in 3d so you've you've mastered the polarity thing because you're no longer in judgment about stuff and you're comfortable with whatever's going on so what that does is leaves you with the ability to be generous to everyone and everything, you know, like I have a a project that I'm doing with another person and it was going to culminate tomorrow night. And she wasn't 
she was struggling to get everything done because she's a perfectionist and she wants everything to be this high tech thing, which will be quite impressive. Uh, I'm grateful for that, but she was really stressing. And every time she said, I don't know if I'm going to be ready and I might have to bail, you know, I might not be able to do it. And every time she said that, all I could say was, well, whatever you decide, it'll be fine. Oh God. And then when we had a staff meeting, you know, I was told that the attendance wasn't very good. And I said, well, let's postpone it. And everybody was fine with that. And I let her know. And she was like, blissed out. Oh, my God, you saved my butt. And so that's what it's like. You know, somebody tells you, I'm not going to, sh- I'm no show. I'm, I'm co-teaching with this person and I'm going to no show. I, I might, you know, in 3D, you'd say, but you promised, you know. You're going to make me look bad. Oh, okay. So you, 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 you become lighter and less needy in terms of having validations and things like that. It's not even about valid. Well, it's true. It's true. It, but it isn't even as much as about validation is that you have this quality of peacefulness that if you, you know, you're running towards a goal or you're running towards something and then you get a big snafu, but you've been doing your work and you've been doing your prayer work. You just look at it and say, okay, didn't work out. Drill, drill down a little deeper, Maureen. I, I, I want you to, because you've been playing on this level for a lot longer than a lot of us. I'm pretty grounded, and I, uh, I find that, you know, the whole 5D is a little iffy for me because I'm still, you know <laughs> – uh, I, 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 reactionary? What, no, I don't know if it's reactionary. I'm, I'm weighted in uh, contemporary BS. How's that? Uh, and and I, I need to, you know, because I come from an authoritarian parent, a teacher who was like, you got to follow the rules and that kind of crap. And I, I'm just trying to drill down a little bit and get a sense of where you're coming from. The I keep using the words attributes. What are your what are the attributes that you have at your disposal? In other words, I can reach out and know immediately what a person is thinking. Not, not, not that you would be that psychic, but I know if this is somebody, I mean, I have this ability to know if I like or dislike somebody. Just okay. Looking. So let's stop there for a sec. So that attribute is all the attributes are at your disposal. All the attributes you can think of are at your disposal, but you don't. It's a little bit like having a guest chef in your kitchen <laughs> and having the guest chef say, you know, have you got this specialized knife or have you got one of those orange lemon squeezers that you just press together? Not <laughs> kind of like this. Yeah. And you look, oh, yeah, we have that. Do you have an immersion blender? Oh, yeah, we have that. It's like that. So you don't you don't really know the pantheon of all the cool stuff that is available to you in 5D. But because you're so plugged in to a self-love from source, love of God from source to you, that when somebody <laughs> asks for something, you might take a half a second, but then you know what to say to them that will ease their mind, ease mm. their heart, ease their behavior. And I'll give you an example. Um, there is another tool that I'll share with you, and it's called the Golden Sheets. And it's like bed sheets, okay, big, big gold sheets. And they wrap around you like saran wrap. <clears throat> and then you um, 
you kind of let them seal it. Okay. What that does is makes all your light not noticeable to the people who have entities and who are, you know, triggered by your goodness. And so I had a client that's struggling with some uh, issues in his marriage. And he's in a difficult situation because his wife is sexting with an old boyfriend, which not cross the line, but, you know, it's still very stressful. And so I called in the golden sheets and I asked him to call in the golden sheets. And then a few days later, he reported that he and his wife were having kind of a heated communication. And she was saying, well, why don't we just split up? You know, let's put an end to our drama or something. Or you probably, you want to break up with me like that to make it his fault. And he looked at her and he said, if we do that, all our hard work, somebody else will get the benefit. Hmm. I think that's a 5D statement. Normally, if you get accused, well, you're trying to break us up or you just want to break up or you're not, you know, whatever, and you're throwing it at someone, you expect them to say, that's not true, blah, blah, blah. You know, so you want to defend it. He didn't defend it at all. He just said, if we do that, someone else will get all the hard work we, we just invested. That's a good observation. I was blown away when he reported it. I thought, that is not the words of a 42-year-old man. That's <laughs> That's his higher self. And that's the other thing about the golden sheets. What they do is they bring who you are as a person and your higher self closer together. It might be because we're all shrink wrapped, you know, but um, what happens is it's easier to be your divine self when you call them the golden sheets. The golden sheets. <laughs> so it's, it's, and it's very interesting because this information was uh, given channeled to me um, maybe four or five years ago, and it was in one of the prayers. And one of my uh, year-long, I have a year-long training program, by the way. I want to talk about that if I can before we close. Um, the One of the members of that program came to me and said, well, who are the golden sheets? What's that about? So then I went back to the research and thought, oh, my gosh, I left this sitting on the table. I never did anything with this. And so I brought it forward and I asked again for more information and they gave it. And that's in uh, a lot of the articles that I write for the Sedona Journal, Sedona Journal of Emergence. Okay. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll touch base on upcoming programs that you're teaching uh, as we come to the and We're almost at the end. You talk uh, about ETs, extraterrestrial consciousnesses and, and uh, their presence. Uh, how do we integrate with that? Because one of my big things is uh, we have another program called uh, – uh, Earth Ancients, where we actually speak with people like Dr. A.V. Loeb, who believe, he's a Harvard professor who is in charge of the satellite array. He believes that we are being looked at right now. We're being investigated. He won't go into a great deal of detail uh, about who these entities are, but what's your take on the interaction with off-world types? I have always believed in ETs. When I was a little girl, I was very aware that I was being observed by both benevolent ETs and non-benevolent, non-benevolent ETs. Yeah. And I wasn't afraid. I was just aware that they were watching. Mm-hmm. And so uh, for me, it's and it wasn't like everybody in my house believed that. We never really talked about it. But I believed it. And um, 
my experience is, is that I've had a few unusual circumstances that I have labeled ET. Um, <laughs> I have one wacky story that's fairly recent that it's mind boggling. Um, but I had it verified by another remote viewer of what happened. So I, I'm pretty certain it's, it's true. And, um, I believe in ETs. I believe that there are benevolent ETs and I believe that there are not benevolent ETs, beings mm-hmm. that have agendas that are contrary to our ascension. It doesn't, you know, everybody wants to go good and bad because they want to say, well, these are the bad guys and these are the good guys. And my premise is all beings are on a path of evolution. Yeah. Some of them are on a selfless path of evolution and some are on a selfish path evolution and if our ascension ruins their agendas then of course they would try to interfere with our ascension so that's when they move from the side of being helpful to not helpful they you know interfere and there is interference that does occur for people a lot Uh, and i've had verification from a lot of places for a lot of my clients, and also myself. So is there an interaction with you uh, as a 5D entity with ET off-world types simply because they're here, they're observing us, and in some cases they may be wanting to move to the next level, which is some form of communication? Um, well, when I was, I don't know, maybe 30-ish, I read... Uh, like the book called Chaos. And it's about 500 pages, you know, it's a substantial book. And when I got to the experiment that he reported on that was done in Las Vegas, where there were no windows and people were allowed to stay awake as long as they wanted and go to sleep and sleep as long as they wanted. And they could do things like play board games, but they really weren't to do anything that would help them track time. So just, you know, free flow. What happens if people, what are people's true cycles? And it turns out that humans have a 20-hour awake and 10-hour asleep cycle. Hmm. And that means we're not from here. And that's when I concluded that we're all ETs. <laughs> <laughs> we're hybrids, perhaps, of another race is what of course, a lot of people uh, of feel. Of course, or, or, you know, compilation. But I'm totally convinced that we're really not from here anyway. So, and and that was a conclusion I drew from that experiment. Hmm. Fascinating. The book's called Mastering Your 5D Self, Tools to Create a New Reality. My guest has been Maureen J. St. Germain. I'm going to look at this a little deeper simply because uh, you've mentioned some tools in here that I wasn't aware of. I, I skimmed the book, but it, it sounds like something that we need to be more aware of. Would you say there are some people who automatically shift into the 5D effort, effortlessly without having to do any kind of the groundwork that you're suggesting? Probably. You know, there, there are plenty of people who are uh, saints or ascended masters who come in at this time to make sure we make it. And so those high beings sometimes identify with source 
But most of us identify as humans. And then we wake up and realize, oh, we're way more than just a human. Mm-hmm. We're you know, these galactic beings that can do a lot. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, tell us about your upcoming programs and how we can learn more about Maureen St. Germain and your, uh, your coursework. You're always working on coursework. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of courses. We're starting a school, St. Germain Mystery School. And I have an annual program that I've been doing for seven years called the Ascension Institute. And the Ascension Institute is a program where we meet weekly and we have retreats. And I take people through a whole series of education and tools and opportunities. And it's nice because it's usually a small group, under 20 people. And we have the ability to really interact and go deep and to evolve and have a better life. And, and on my uh, program, you do need to apply with a, with an application fee. So <clears throat> that sets the stage. And then you have to go through a process. And if you're accepted, then, and you decide you want to do it, then it's a match. And there are people who get turned away occasionally. Um, and then there's plenty of people who are in it, obviously. And it's amazing because then they get to know each other. And that is a whole other layer of interaction that they get from each other. What's the website? Uh, St. Germain Mystery School or MaureenStGermain.com. Either one. Either one that will lead them to that page where they can register. And okay. then what they do is then they look for <laughs> the, scroll down a little bit and they'll see a box that says Ascension Institute Applications. Okay. Um, are you seeing people on a personal basis who are in crisis right now? Yeah, we are. Um, what's interesting to me is we're seeing a lot of people who are writing and saying, Oh my God, your book saved my life or your book helped me get past this rough time. Um, The people who are in crisis are at a place where they need to make a change and they're resisting. And that's That's hard. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard for all of us. You know, you might, you might be really happy in a relationship and love the person, but you know, you need to move on. And um, that's really hard to do. Yeah. So those kind of crises, you know, we see and, and hopefully the tools we have will help them move through it. Excellent. As always, uh, a real education. Uh, you're on the cutting edge of a lot of these uh, thought forms, these new uh, programs that are coming through. And I want to thank you for giving us 60 minutes of your time, Maureen. As always, I'm appreciative also of the wide audience you have and how many lovely listeners you have. This will be promoted. You're going to go live tomorrow. Tomorrow's the 25th. So not live, but the program will air tomorrow. (laughs) So the program is live at that point. Yeah. We're talking right now. It's live, but those listening will obviously will, will be 24 hours from now. So, Hey, as always a pleasure. And, um, continue uh, your great work. Thank you. And thank you for having me and you continue your great work. Thank you. As we concluded that interview, Maureen said, you should have got the first book, which she wrote a couple of years ago called waking up in 5d. And uh, so I think I'm going to have to get that. I, I, um, (laughs) I still am, 
challenge to grasp it. I mean, she's got technique in the book, and that's really the critical point, is getting the technique down, getting the data activated so that you can begin working in 5D. It sounds to me, though, that those of us who meditate quite a bit maybe have automatically fallen into 5D. Maybe I need to, uh, with intention, go, okay, what's 5D? Should I be using it? And uh, what are the benefits? So that that's basically it for me. It's like, okay, what are the benefits? You know, what a, you know, we talked a little bit at the end about ETs. I have a big disconnect with the ET situation right now because it's all somewhat commercialized UAPs, unidentified aerial phenomena, not UFOs anymore, unidentified flying objects. Hey, maybe this is a way to connect with uh, the beans, you know. Although, as a journalist, I want you, the listener, to connect. You know, wouldn't it be great? I thought about this a while ago. I would love to interview an ET, (laughs) an extraterrestrial. Hi, my name is uh, Belar. I come from planet X. We are, are have been observing your planet for many hundreds of years. This is why. And by the way, we want to welcome you into the family of planets, blah, blah, blah. I would love, love to have an interview like that. So if there are any ETs listening, you can contact me at cliff at earthancients.com. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh, but I'm very serious about this. Uh, I thought about it. Before I started Earth Ancients uh, back in 2014, I was going to create a program called Alien Talk. I have uh, some contacts in Mexico that reportedly say that they have been in communication, physical, physical communication with ETs. And I would love to get one of these guys on here. Now, that is, <laughs> God, it would be wonderful. It would it be great. Would it be great to have a, a, a podcast that interviews the various races who are visiting us? You know, why are you here? What's going on? I thought about this when we had Marion Rudnick, uh, the former NASA astronomer on uh, Earth Ancients. And it's like, okay, dude, are they contacting you physically? You know, if he would have said yes, I would have said, okay, let's let's get them on. Let's get them to, you know, use a translator or whatever. <laughs> as goofy as that sounds, I'm up for it. I am totally up for it. In fact, uh, I've always somewhat suspected that a- Dr. A.V. Loeb knows more than he leads on, you know. And, uh, uh, I mean, there's always been the story of Area 51 and uh, uh, military personnel working with alien groups Deep under, deep underground in these different bunkers, there's rumors of things going south and people being losing their lives and things like that. But it's all rumor. It's all hearsay. Wouldn't it be great to have an interview with an alien? So, hey, if 5D, if 5D accesses this, I'm into it. I'm totally into it. So uh, I'm going to order uh, Maureen's other book, her first book. Waking up in 5D. Because <laughs> I just didn't really connect with this last book. So anyhow, interesting material. Hey, the weather's getting great. Uh, it's getting warmer here in California. We're starting to have days that are in the high 80s and in the 90s. 
it's a great time to get an Earth Ancients t-shirt. You can get t-shirts, you can get uh, sweatshirts, hoodies, all kinds of women's tops, all, all different colors, all different shapes and sizes. And guess what? From May 26th to the end of the month, May 30th, 31st, you can get a huge discount of 35% off. All you got to do is go to earthancients.com and go to products. Look for the product banner on the menu. Click it. You'll see all the selections we have. And I think we're up to six different types of t-shirts from our very early Earth Ancients logo to the new Pakal, that's Lord Pakal, the Mayan Lord uh, t-shirt. And we have a, a Akhenaten t-shirt as well, which is the Egyptian t-shirt. They're all there in their full glory, rich color. These are top designs uh, created by t-shirt designers in different parts of the world. And they're really cool and they're cheap. So, hey, check it out from the 26th of May all the way to the 30th. Uh, let me take a look here. We have uh, 31 days in the month of May, so it would be to the 31st. You can get 35% off. That means that your T-shirt's about, what's that, 12, 13 bucks for a very, very cool uh, full-color T-shirt. Check it out. Again, for details, to get one of our great T-shirts, go to earthancients.com and then go to the, uh, the um, menu and look for products it's a banner with all of our different t-shirts so check it out wear earth agents t-shirts they're very cool hey guess what we got another tour coming up it's our annual mexico tour we're going to do it over the labor day week it's september 2nd through the 12th we meet in mexico city we get uh, introduced to some of the great cultural uh, activities there we're going to have a lecture by Marco Vigato on some of the new discoveries he's uh, had using ground-penetrating radar in the latest scanning technology. He's in Oaxaca at a very, very ancient site. We'll hear from him. And then we visit the great museums. We're going to see some Aztec uh, ruins that have recently been uncovered. We stay there. Then we go to La Venta and the land of the Olmec and see their ruins and museums there. We continue on and goes to southern Mexico, to Palenque. Haven't been there a lot for a long time. That is a rich and very cool place, simply because they keep finding new pyramids, new temples, and we'll do activations there. We'll climb the pyramids. It doesn't end there. We continue on up the coast to Campeche, to Esna, one of the great Mayan cities that you'll ever see. It is beautiful. It is fabulous, and it is activated. It is very, very cool. Onward we go to the Yucatan Peninsula. We go to the Puk Trail. That's Ushmal, Labna, Sahil, and many more. And then we finish with the Grand Lady. That is Chichen Itza. We spend a good portion of the day with our guide, Mimo Gonzalez. It is a fantastic tour, very reasonable. All your accommodations are covered. All you got to do is get yourself to Mexico City and back. For more information, go to earthancients.com forward slash tours, T-O-U-R-S. Look for the banner. The full itinerary is on there. We'll tweak it a little bit. We'll add a few uh, visits of different places. But I got to tell you, I look forward to it. It is very, very cool. And these ruins are just amazing to see. So check it out. Earthancients.com forward slash tours.
Okay, that's it for this week. I want to thank my guest, Maureen J. St. Germain. Great to have her on the program. And as you always, our team of Ruth Thomas, Mark Foster, and everybody else who makes these things happen. You guys rock! All right. Take care, be well, and we'll talk to you next time.